You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. I'm pretty excited about our conversation today. This is a conversation that uh, I don't think we had in 2020 because 2020 was just a crazy year. But we like to bring together a group of seminary wives before call day every year and get a feel for what life is like for seminary families um, and the community that they have together at the seminary. So today we have a great group of seminary wives with us to talk about uh, their experiences and uh, and where they are in the seminary journey. So joining us, we have Sarah Peeper, Molly Baker, and Sherry Bolasan. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Coffee Hour. Yeah, yeah we're glad to be here. So we're going to start off uh, with a, a pretty easy question, I hope. <laughs> um, just an introduction of, of yourself and your family and what year you are, uh, what year your family is at the seminary. Let's start with Sarah. Yeah, my name is Sarah Pieper. Um, I am married to Christian Pieper. He is a fourth year um, and we have no kids. We'll be married two years this summer. So we got married right before he went on Vicarage. So, yeah. Oh, boy. That yeah. must have been an adventure. <laughs> oh, it's still an adventure. Still happening. <laughs> Molly, what about you? Yeah, my name's Molly Baker, and I'm married to Sean Baker, and he's also a fourth year. And we did the same thing that Sarah and Christian did, and we got married right before Vicarage and then moved across the country to Hickory, North Carolina. So, And it's just us right now. And yeah, that's us. And Sherry. Hi, I'm Sherry Bolasan. I'm um, married to Chad Bolasan. He's in his fourth year also. Um, I'm breaking the mold. We do have kids. Um, we have our oldest is 10, and then we have twins that are five. And um, we are second career, so he uh, was an accountant before this. So we came a little bit older. Enjoyed the ride. So let's dig into all the fun stories that uh, that makes up seminary life and what it's like to be a seminary wife. Let, let's talk about the transitions. A couple of you mentioned getting married right before vicarage. Um, mm -hmm. wh what kinds of, uh, what was that transition like? Those were two big life experiences, getting married and moving uh, across the country as well. Let's see. Who's let's, uh, Molly, I think, did you say that that was the experience for you, getting married and moving? Yes, it was. So I always joke that my life is kind of a series of short-term mission trips. <laughs> <laughs> so I am also a called worker. I'm a called teacher. I teach first grade this year. And so I went to Concordia, Nebraska, and I taught a year in Oklahoma. And that year I met Sean and then we got married and then we were in a friend's wedding and then we moved to North Carolina. And then now we're back in um, St. Louis. So it is a lot. You get the kind of the yearly panic of, oh my goodness, my whole life is going to change very soon. And so uh, one of the best advice I got through all of this transition is my peace isn't dependent on my circumstances. And so while these things are really terrifying, we do know that we have the security um, that the faith and hope in Christ provides and the security that the seminary does a really great job of what they do, too. 
Sarah, how about you? What was that transition like getting married and then going on vicarage, uh, probably living in a fishbowl to some degree too? I mean, <laughs> there. What was that like? Yeah. So um, my husband and I got married. Our vicarage was in Texas. And fortunately for me, I am from Texas. So my vicarage, we got married. It was kind of nice to be close to family. But yeah, I really like what you said, Molly, about that short-term mission trip. Like that is really your life. Like I'm in a place for one year and then all of a sudden it's all going to change. And so for me, the transition, I would get really attached to people. Like I would build relationships and then all of a sudden you get to April, like this time of this year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we just became best friends. And then I'm about to move in two months. And so I think for me, what has been the most challenging is trying to figure out how to navigate relationships that I build. And then like, they have to, I have to go away. And so my focus just has been on how can I focus on being present with the people that I'm with and not so much focus on like how I'm maybe you won't see them or, you know, like how can I continue to just be present with people because I can't control where I'm going to be in two months. Like I literally have no idea. I don't know about you, but we have no idea. So I, I just have to focus. I'm focusing on my coworkers right now and just loving them right now, even though I, I have no control of where we're going to go next. So that's kind of how it's been for us. I agree. There is kind of like a period of grieving where you kind mm-hmm. of grieve for that place that you're going to leave. And you've, you know, you've really invested in those people and you care about those relationships. And then you're going to have to, you know, give those up for new ones. Not that you're never going to see or talk to these people again, but there is like a, a grieving period at the end of each place. Totally. Yeah. 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 Sherry, what about your story with transitions? Your story is a little bit different as a, as a second career family into the seminary. But what about uh, your, your family story through all of those transitions? Yeah, um, we... Our transitions um, at first were hard. You know, you have the support system. Um, my kids only knew the area, which is up by Chicago, where we came from. And so I remember uh, when we first moved to the seminary, my oldest daughter and I just sat in the kitchen and cried because we just missed our friends. Um, but, like, um, we'll I think it was Sarah and Molly both said, like, the seminary community here has been so great. Um, We actually live on campus. So that was nice because it helped with the transition with, especially with the kids. Like, we knew people. Like, the first day we moved in and we had people knocking on our doors saying hi and introducing themselves to us. Um, And then we had to do it again when we moved to Vicarage. Um, And then again when we moved back. Uh, to seminary and then in a couple months we'll do it again um Mm -hmm. and i just want to echo like it's it's hard sometimes when you're thinking about all the transitions to really try to invest in those friendships um but you do it and it's such a blessing like you really get to know people um people who have shared experiences even um, and we had a, we had such a great time on our vicarage, and even though we knew it was only going to be for a year, like we really invested in those people, and they they invested in us, and uh, we are blessed because of it. So much more blessed. Mm-hmm. So vicarage for for all of you that happened uh, last year. If I is that is that correct for all three of you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that that, that was a, a very unique vicarage year. I know with my congregation, uh, we had a vicar last year as well. And it is it was probably the most unusual vicarage year, maybe 
in living memory for for all of for all of the seminary students. What was that like um, going into Vicarage and then and having that shift happening during the year with the pandemic? What was that like for all of your families, um, Sherry? Um, ours was a bit interesting because we had the kids and they were all in school. So then um, we, we were in Ohio. So about March, we had stay-at-home orders. And so our church went online and the kids' school went online and trying to just kind of juggle that because um, everybody had to have a computer and sometimes be online at the same time. And um, it was a very interesting uh, perspective in ministry. I am actually DCE trained. So I spent nine years in church ministry. So um, just coming from knowing how ministry generally works and then in this pandemic of them trying to figure out you know, how do we do these Bible studies? Because we want to keep, you know, these members connected and we want to keep connected. And so how do we do this? And it was very, very interesting. Um, but our, our church, our church did a great job at punting and what worked, worked and what didn't, didn't. Um, but it was, it's a very, it was very interesting and unique. Um, and even moving back during the pandemic was, it was a little bit, it was a lot different um, and presented some challenges too, but we survived. Yeah. Molly, what about you? What, what was that uh, last year like for, for you and your husband? Yeah, it was really interesting because we were both serving at St. Stephen's, the place we were at. Um, I was serving as a teacher and Sean was serving as a vicar, of course. And so we had the unique experience of being able to work together and serve in the same place. And, you know, it was a hard transition. Like everybody went through, there was no right answer and people had really strong feelings this way or that way about what should be done. And so, you know, like everybody, we went through those hard times. One of the funny stories from this is Sean, unfortunately, had gotten COVID over the summer Mm -hmm. and the alarm at church went off. And we were living in a parsonage. And so I had to go by myself. And it's like 4 a.m. The alarm is going off. (laughs) And he made me go by myself. And I opened the door and there was someone standing in there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I screamed and he screamed. (laughs) And then I helped him. It turned out it was a man who had come to like resurface the floor. (laughs) So that was one of our uh, COVID adventures there of our responsibilities for the church. But, you know, like everybody, it was really hard and there was no right answer and no way to go and no right thing to do. And so we all wrestled with those questions. Mm hmm. Sarah, what about what about you and, and your story through that yeah. through the last year? <laughs> um, I am also a teacher. I promise you, Molly and I, there are differences about us, but so far we are very similar. <laughs> Sorry. But I also was a private school teacher at the um, the Lutheran church that in church and school that we were at in Texas. Um, we were in San Antonio, and so the church that we were at was huge, and they already did online services and videos and all these things. So when the pandemic hit, my husband, Christian, kind of didn't have a lot to do. And I know a lot of pastors didn't, but um, he especially did not. Like, it was very much, okay, nothing's happening. Um, I was working like crazy as a teacher, Zooming from home, and he got a good kick out of some of the things I had to do on Zoom with fifth graders because it was insane. Um, but honestly, in our first year of marriage, and I, I thought it there, there came a point when everything was shutting down that we just kind of looked at each other of like, you know what? We have a lot of time just with us. And so we kind of enjoyed it. And I know that we, we don't have kids and, you know, we didn't have all these other 
huge stressful things. And um, so there, there were some sweet moments where it was like, oh man, we're reading a lot of books. We've gotten to puzzles. <laughs> we, we took a lot of walks together and just kind of, yeah, just lived in the present of, okay, what are we going to do with this time? And um, yeah, it ended up being a really big blessing and somewhat restful for both of us near the end of Vicarage. It was weird saying bye because the, the our last service was like a small COVID you know, 50 people mm-hmm. and it was so strange. We're like, okay, bye. No hugs. Um, okay. It's just, a, it was a weird ending I would say for Vicarage because it was not the same as how we started. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of different experiences and uh, marriage plus Vicarage plus pandemic is, is bound to give some stories uh, for, for uh, all of you. So we need to take a quick break. Uh, we're talking with Molly Baker, Sherry Bolison, and Sarah Pieper about seminary life and upcoming call day. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world, And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. We're talking about what seminary life is like with seminary wives, Sarah Pieper, Molly Baker, and Sherry Bolison, and also uh, upcoming call day and what that transition is going to look like, um, some joys and and maybe worries about what that next transition will be. Um, so, but first, I want to talk about the network of support that uh, the three of you have mentioned, the things that you're able to do together on campus as a, um, as a community of women on campus. What is that, what does that, um, that support look like for seminary, uh, wives and, and girlfriends and fiancés that are on campus? Um, Molly, you want to start? Yeah. So I think there's kind of like two areas of this. I don't live on campus, but I know Sherry does. And so she can talk more about this, but the living community itself is really fabulous. People, you know, all experiencing the same thing and living in the same community, um, is a huge blessing. Um, one of the things that personally I really enjoyed was all the SEM resources that they have for wives. Um, you know, we have things like the caring people, the ladies who care for people who've had babies or surgery or things like that. They provide meals and stuff. Um, the most recent thing that I've participated in was the call day Bible study. So mm. it was a group of fourth year ladies that met together and we studied Psalm 23. And it's one of those Psalms that you hear all the time and you kind of check out. You're like, oh, I know that one memorized. But reading it in light of call day and the things that are very quickly approaching for us, you know, it took on the whole new meaning of God preparing that path. But it's really fun to be part of Bible studies and social organizations, things like that, of women who are experiencing this very unique path with you. And it provides a lot of encouragement and support. Sherry, how about you? What, uh, tell us about the, the support that you have from the, uh, the community there. Yeah, just to kind of echo what Molly said, I have felt like the 
Bible study community has been such a great resource because you're digging into scripture, but you're also growing with these people and really getting to know a, a small group of ladies. And um, I have loved that. Um, there's also like large group um, on Tuesday nights. We have um, meetings where we get together. They have different topics like at one time, they brought in um, pastors' wives to talk to us a little bit more about you know what it will be like once our husbands graduate and we are called to a church, um, and just kind of their ex- their experiences. I know from a family perspective, uh, we had Friday night barbecues. <laughs> that was pre-COVID. Um, <clears throat> Pre-COVID, there was things were a little bit different, but Friday night barbecues were, were a great way for us to just mingle with other some families and get to know them especially as a first year coming in and really getting to know the community we have really enjoyed that sarah how about you uh how has the seminary been a network of support for you yeah it's been um i yeah i don't i'll say the very similar things but just to echo what molly and um sherry said about the bible study communities and there was um kind of a kickoff Bible study group that happened in the fall. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do one of these. And so I joined one and the women in that group, I'm like, we are nothing alike. You know, like the only thing we have in common are our husbands go to school together. And that was so powerful because being around other wives that we were all in different life stages and very different, but we all had a similar experience of transition, of feeling like we don't have a home, of feeling mm-hmm. like we don't know anyone. And that was so, so encouraging for me. Um, this is my only year living in St. Louis since we got married, um, but right before Vicarage. So I just felt like I didn't know anyone at all, but I'm a pretty social person. And I don't feel like I know all the wives on campus. I I live off campus, but I do know like a handful of them. And because um, we started that Bible study in the fall, we continue to meet. We just kept going. Like after the six weeks were up, we're like, hey, do we want to keep doing this? And we're all like, yeah. So there's four of us that just continue to meet on campus with masks. And it's just been really encouraging um, for me to have women to read scripture with and to talk about it and just to be understood. And, you know, I'm updating them about our interviews and the things we're excited about and things we're nervous about. And there's just a way that like those wives can understand me that like my coworkers at school do not understand (laughs) what we're doing. And, And that's okay. They're not supposed to, but it's, it's hard to explain to people outside of the seminary, like, yeah, well, we, we move, you know, here and then we went on Vicarage, but you don't know what that is either. So let me explain. And, um, so it's been so cool just to have other wives who get it and other families that, um, just empathize with you. It's just, it's really powerful. So. Absolutely. Especially with, uh, with call day and uh, not knowing where, where all three of you will be next year, just yet. It's just around the corner. Um, so what are you, what are you all looking forward to uh, next year as your husbands receive their calls and you get to start a new a, a new chapter in in this uh, journey? Um, what are you looking forward to in the next year, Molly? Yeah, well, I always really eagerly await the new relationships and people we're going to meet and people's lives we're going to invest in. I think the biggest thing for me is stability. 
you know, we're going to move to this place and know that we can invest in these people long term and we can invest in this place long term and it's going to be a home for us. So I think that's the thing I'm most excited about is that stability. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Who's next? Uh, Sherry, what are you looking forward to most? Um, I would just want to say like, amen to Molly. That is, I think, what we're looking forward to the most too is just that settled feeling of we're moving somewhere. We won't have to pack up anything again the next yes. year. Um, and it's just, it's, it, it's exciting to know that we get to just continue to build relationships after the 12 months, like month 13, we get to still be here. And uh, that's pretty exciting for us right now. Sarah, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Um, yeah, very similar to Molly and Sherry. I mean, as I'm talking to you guys, I'm looking at a stack of boxes in our apartment. <laughs> if you not, they have not been touched and we moved in last summer and I'm not going to touch them until we move again. So I'm just excited to have a home. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not super decorative, but I do like a homey feeling. And there's even parts of our apartment that I'm like, eh, eh, it's fine. I'll wait <laughs> until we move again. I'm also really excited to watch my husband live out the gifts that I think he's really gifted at, at being a pastor. Like my husband is, he loves people. He loves people more than I do. And he's really gifted at just listening to people. Um, he is a good student, but like writing papers and, and being super studious isn't maybe his number one top priority. So I'm just excited to watch him take all the things that he's learned and put it into practice and to grow with those people. So I'm excited about that part of our marriage to kind of change too, as opposed to he's a student and I'm working and, and that dynamic has been interesting, but I'm excited to have both of us like be full-time and um, just experience what that's going to look like inside a, a church community. So no, I think all of you have mentioned at some point that you are educators, that you are trained educators, if I remember correctly, teacher, DCE. As you're picturing the, the future in the coming year, do you see um, your gifts and talents? Where do you see your gifts and talents as educators fitting in that picture? And, and I know you don't know where you're going necessarily yet, mm -hmm. but have you, have you thought about where those fit into the picture as well, Molly? Yeah. So potentially, because I am a called teacher, I would have the opportunity to serve alongside Sean, which is, as we experienced on Vicarage, was just a huge blessing. Then we can, we're both a part of this ministry and we're a team working towards this goal together. So I am very hopeful that the call that we will receive will also have a teaching call with it. And then that is something that if you make a priority in your STEM life, that they'll make a priority in your placement as well. So I'm just excited to be a ministry team together and very hopeful that that will be a reality soon. Sherry, how about you? You Fellow DCE, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and that was a topic that Chad and I talked a lot about before we even came to the seminary, because we were kind of doing a role reversal. Um, he was going to be the church worker, and then um, I wouldn't. And so through this seminary process, we learned that there can be a little bit of both. Um, through at Vicarage, I was actually had the opportunity to work with youth ministry there, and um, that was fun. So going into the call, I'm excited to be able to partner with Chad whenever I can uh, in whatever ministry area 
um, that I am able to, but uh, that's that's pretty exciting to me, and I'm hoping that something works out where I can just kind of walk alongside of him, um, not doing anything like a paid position or anything, but definitely volunteer and, and help where needed. And support him as a pastor, as educator, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Sarah, how about you? You're a teacher too, right? Yes, I am a teacher. Um, I'm actually not a called teacher. So I graduated from Texas A&M and I, my passion is really public school. So I'm teaching public school this year. And my hope is to also teach in a public school wherever we go. So my application process can't even begin until Wednesday. And we'll see if it even begins after we hear where we're going. But um, yeah, so I am really, my hands are open. So if we go to a place where jobs are available and there's an opening and it all works out and, and it's very peaceful, then I will teach next year. And if it's not, I will probably be a substitute or do tutoring or work part-time and, and kind of feel out, you know, the community and, and what's happening at the church. So I, I am very open to whatever happens next year, though. My, my hope is to be um, in school, wherever that is. So we have just about a minute left, uh, but I want to ask you one more question, uh, hot potato style. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you have received from, I know some of you talked about uh, having advice from from pastor's wives, uh, giving some advice about what the future looks like. What is that one piece of advice that you've gotten that's that's really resonated with you uh, in, in all of this journey? Uh, Sarah? I would say the best piece of advice is um, like being present at seminary is the best thing you can do. And just to realize that though that what is coming seems unknown and scary, it is what God is like. He is orchestrating all of it. And I am not big enough to mess it up. My husband is not big enough to mess it up. And Dr. Nielsen, who is placing everyone and all the district presidents, no one is big enough to mess up what God is doing. And so we can trust in that and know that it's, it's all going to work out and it's going to be really cool to just walk the path that God is planning for us. Molly, what about you? Yeah, I think the thing that's resonated with me the most is God is good and he will, he's always been good and he will continue to be good. And when you look back at your life at seminary, or if you're looking forward, maybe at your life coming to seminary, that you're going to see God's goodness. And like Sarah said, nothing's going to mess that up. God is good and he will continue to be good to us. And then- and she Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The other thing that I had heard is my peace isn't dependent on my circumstances. And I mentioned that earlier, but that is something that has stuck with me too. And Cherry, what about you? Yeah, I think um, just looking back, it's definitely that there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good at seminary. There's a lot of hard, but um, God is bigger. God is bigger than the whole seminary experience, wherever you're called. And, um, kind of to reiterate again, like God will get you through. There's no no human that can mess up God's plan. And God planned for this and um, you'll get through. Well, our prayers are certainly with you as uh, your lives transition into a, a new adventure, as your husbands receive calls at call day. Uh, Molly Baker, Sherry Bullison, and Sarah Peeper, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. 
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh,